You are listening to Feeding the Mouth That Bites You with Ashley Parrish and Jessica Pfeiffer. A weekly podcast guide on parenting teens and launching them into the world. As always, we are joined by psychologist and author, Dr. Ken Wilgus. Hey everyone, and welcome back. On today's episode, we'll be discussing teenagers and sleepovers. <laughs> I hate sleepovers, Ashley. <laughs> what is, Jessica, what, 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 what? I do. I hate them. I've had bad experiences. I guess yeah. maybe even bad experiences of my own where I look back and I remember the things I did at sleepovers. <laughs> and I mean, as a then, kid, I enjoyed them, but as a parent, yeah. it's just, uh, even th- when they're little, even while when thousands little. of people are listening, I would like for both of you to share things you did when you were, <laughs> that would be- no, 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 yeah. no. We'll just keep it among ourselves. <laughs> but I did know the parents who were, they were either uh, not very observant or maybe went to bed or maybe their yes. house was set up in a way that we could sneak out easily. For and sure. so, you know, if you went over to their house, it's easy to sneak out. My house was smaller and my parents' bedroom was literally across the hall from mine. There was no way I was sneaking out. They were yeah. much so nobody more wanted to yeah. stay at your house. You were we not didn't stay at my house. house. Yeah. My very best friend. Gosh, I mean, she's still my best friend to this day. Love her. I hated spending the night at her house because, because her dad had things like on lockdown. <laughs> All the rooms, <laughs> all the Smart rooms guy. were down. I know all the rooms were down one hall and there was a bathroom in everybody's bedroom. Right. And then he closed the door. So you could not have access to the living room or the kitchen or anything. So if you got thirsty or hungry, you were just going to fast <laughs> until the next day, <laughs> until morning. <laughs> yes. Isn't it weird though? We can remember the strategic thinking about <laughs> mm-hmm. which yeah. house is the more on lockdown. Yes. What? Yes. Don't we yes. just want to share and have a Bible study and eat graham crackers and go to bed? <laughs> no. no. So I guess knowing what you did as a kid and <laughs> thinking through this on your for your own children, knowing what your own children are capable of, you know, I think it's a little intimidating to have a sleepover because I do feel like I have to be on guard and be aware all night long. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I've also had some bad experiences where I've had my kids stay at other people's homes and um, when they were pretty young, fifth or sixth grade, and they would come home having watched an R-rated movie or horror movies and not sleep for weeks because of it, you know, because a parent was not paying attention. Um, so there are a lot of things about sleepovers that I just absolutely hate. And so much so that we, um, told our kids for probably three or four years that they could not have sleepovers. And then we went back to it, you know, so now currently they're allowed to, what brought the rollback? Why did we change back? Do you remember the inmates revolted? That's, that's what I'm wondering. (laughs) Yes. That was part of it. Some of it was the pressure from my kids. Some of it too was one of the reasons I didn't want to have sleepovers was because my um, kids are mixed gender. So my oldest is a boy. I had a son. He was a teenager. And my other daughter is just a few years younger and she would have her friends over and suddenly there'd be lots of flirting going on. And I recognized Mm -hmm. that that was a really bad combination when mom and dad were in bed and uh, not paying attention you know, so-and-so had a crush on so-and-so and and that just is not going to go well in my house overnight. So, and it's funny. I remember you going through that Mm -hmm. and as having a conversation and my kids were a lot younger at the time. And I remember talking to my husband about it and I'm like, Hey, like, that's wise. Like we need to go ahead and make the role now. Right. Because we have Mm -hmm. a girl and then a boy that are like two and a half years apart we need to go ahead and like lay the foundation that they're not allowed to have sleepovers on the same night. 
Mm-hmm. And if possible, oh, send yeah. one away. Right? Yeah, yeah. So my mm-hmm. oldest daughter will go spend the night at her girlfriend's house, and my oldest son could have a uh, one of his guy friends spend the night. So, so I remember learning that from you. But you <laughs> yes. see the different yes. layers that you're bringing up. So that that I think that starts with our first point, which is this is definitely not math. I don't think mm-hmm. in the book I have a here's what you do because right. I think you have to use your own judgment about a lot of this because of all the things you're talking about, whether it's, mm-hmm. you know, uh, gender issue, you know, other girls and guys there, all that kind of stuff. That's right. Yeah. And it wasn't necessarily my kids. It was their friends. It was sure. the girls who were spending the night and the boys who were spending the night. You know what I mean? That's like, right. It wasn't necessarily my daughter or son. It was their friends. And especially if they could like coordinate it and they're like, Oh, Johnny's spending the night, you know, <laughs> can I spend the night too? You know, yeah. no. So I I do think that um, one of the things that concerns me about this, we did uh, an episode not too long ago called reverse parenting, where, you know, if you're not careful, there's almost a trend in parenting where we think about parenting our younger children with freedom so that they can just explore and be who they are and run around the restaurant because they're impulsive or whatever. And then by adolescence, you start tightening up, which is really the reverse Mm -hmm. of what we Mm -hmm. think is the better course. Well, this is one of those where if you don't think about it in advance, just like Ashley talking about, then you end up not infrequently with a fifth grader that is able to do sleepovers. And then by eighth grade, suddenly now you can't. And that's really hard to swallow. Like what, what happened, mm-hmm. um, you know, or, or now that you're driving, you suddenly have to be um, treated like you're a 10 year old. And the, so you get a lot of pushback. And remember one of the main things that the kind of current that you're pushing back against is the accidental message that teenagers receive, which is you're getting younger and more under our control. That's not what we're trying to say, but you need to be careful about that implication of that. I'm guessing that's part of why you had to go back on your uh, sleepover message was somewhere along the way you started hearing something about the kind of, um, you know, pejorative context of this feels patronizing. You're, you're making me feel like a kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. it's hard because it, and I think it like creeps up on you, right? Like when you you have little kids, you have certain rules and boundaries and expectations, right? You yeah, trust yeah. the other parents, you know, they parent similar than you more than likely, right? And even then they go on a, some, you know, they go to spend the night and you're still, you don't sleep well because right. you're waiting to see if you're going to get a phone call to go pick them up in the middle right, of the night. Right, right, right. You're like, surely as they get older, this is going to get easier, right? But right. then- one day they get a car and you're like, <laughs> pump the brakes, no sleepovers for you. Yeah. We just had this conversation, all three of us off air yep. last week <laughs> because my oldest got a car and then without fail, of course, she asked to spend the night at a friend's house. And I look at my husband. <laughs> <laughs> this is how parenting decisions are made. For sure. I look at him like, you know, eyes wide open in shock. And he's like, what? And I was like, do we, do we still do sleepovers? Like, do we allow this? Like, can she, can she take her car to a sleepover? And Brett's like, you need to calm down. It's just easy, easy. Yeah. And I'm like thinking of all the places and things that could happen, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. with this Look. new avenue of her, you know, her having a car. So I don't think that, I think it 
sneak it snuck up on me. Well, and <laughs> let me just as an aside mm-hmm. commend you that your first impulse is to look at your husband and say, what do we do here? Uh, <laughs> it is not a good thing when one parent never even thinks about asking the other and just jumps out with no, here's what we're gonna do. That happens a bunch. So mm-hmm. your first impulse of wait a minute, what do we do here? That that's pretty good. <laughs> Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's worth thinking about it in advance so that you don't end up having a pullback at a time you really don't want to be pulling back. So that's kind of the reason we're talking about this, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it, I do feel like, I mean, there's so many more instances, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I don't want a parent out of fear, you know, right. that goes mm-hmm. against everything we stand for. <laughs> but it is so tempting when they're mm-hmm. teenagers to just be like, no sleepovers for you. Right. <laughs> Well, the stakes feel so much higher. You think, well, what if they sneak out and go find their boyfriend or girlfriend somewhere or they're Mm -hmm. getting into trouble or they're drinking at that person's house? I mean, the stakes are so much higher than they were, let's say, in elementary where they weren't trying those things. They were just eating too much sugar and watching too many movies. Well, and there's truth in that. Like, you know, without overdoing it, when I think about sleepovers when I was a kid, that was a long time ago. And there really is a lot more potential. concerns certainly about sneaking out and walking down to the 7-Eleven. It is not like it was before. So that's not just overly fearful. That's being including realistic. So first of all, number one, I think it's, I'll remind everybody up until 12 or in, up to, you know, in age 12, uh, parent your head off, you know, you can't go there. I don't know those parents. Um, you know, I've only met them twice, whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's pretty common that I I feel comfortable with my child staying over with parents that I know who they are and what the kind of the level of of monitoring they'll be doing. And that that I think is good. Um, it's all about, OK, now that we're 13 and older, now what do you do? Well, I think, number one, one of the first things you do is you can continue the rule of uh, just because of 13, you can still continue the, I don't know those parents. You want to express it differently, which is not yet. There will come a time when you can stay somewhere if I don't know the parents, but not yet. Now that not yet probably will come pretty late. I mean, it's pretty hard. You Maybe senior year, but even then it's hard to think about. Uh, I don't even know who this person is. It's, it, you know, it, it's, you still have a certain amount of monitoring that you would be doing. Uh, and that's fine. You want to also be, even though your teenager may not like it, you can also remember whatever car your teenager has, they don't actually have a car. They don't own a car at all. It's your car. And as much as they may not like it, sure, you can go stay the night with so-and-so, but I'm going to drop you off. You're not bringing the car over there. Why? Because I don't want you having access to my car all night long yet. Again, these things can be um, eased if you have worked hard at continuing the message of not yet, not no, but not yet, so that they know that this is coming. Um, That can help quite a bit. Uh, So I think uh, those are things that just because they've reached adolescence, you don't have to change uh, that the some of those limits that you have same thing with um boys over with girls you know i never had that none of my friends had sisters Ooh, that would have been the worst uh just uh, <laughs> i don't even know we had i remember we did have a uh, an exchange student that uh we we never signed up for exchange student they were rescues like it was not going well so dad come on this girl's here and whatever and she was the same age as my son and uh so we have a cottage instead of a guest room. So he moved out there 
And I remember making rules about, you know, they're not going to be in this house alone. I don't care what the deal is. And it was just very straightforward with, because I just know that, no, no, you don't want somebody, a girl around with a guy, you know, lots of spare time. Those are good Mm -hmm. opportunities to Mm -hmm. really talk about. And remember, that's the same thing we talk about with um, um, not having a boyfriend in your room or whatever. The answer, why? Why can't I go just because he has a sister there? Um, Sex, that's the answer. It's sex. I'm trying to help you not to be familiar. I know you're not going to necessarily be doing stuff, but you get familiar. It gets late. That's just how that works. And by the way, that's not a rule just because you're a teenager. That's a rule for adults. I don't mm-hmm. do sleepovers with other women and what that we're that's just that's so don't be afraid to talk directly about that. So you can still have those kind of rules, but you do want to be looking for at what point can you make some um more of a kind of releasing some of that. But it definitely starts with um how well do you need to know the parents that are going to be there? And you can start the same as you did. At 12, 13, but by 14 or 15, you can look at, yeah, I know them, but not that well. But now that you're 15, I'll, you know, I'll make that adjustment. And I think even seasons, seasonal rules happen. And I'll give an example, um, like during the summertime when yeah. kids aren't in school, so they want to spend the night on a Tuesday night, right? Mom and dad still have to go to work. And sure. so my oldest has a girlfriend of hers that has an older brother. And so, you know, I love both the kids. I love the parents. So when my oldest would want to spend the night, the rule would be that's fine. But is the mom off work tomorrow? Well, no, she's got to go to work at 9 a.m. Okay, well, then you've got to be home before she goes to work. Yeah. And did that go over okay? Well, no, but (laughs) she got used to it. She got used to it, but she would ask questions, you know, and I would say, well, because, you know, there's an older brother and oftentimes Mm -hmm. older brother's friends would come over. So then it's just, you know, all these teenage boys and girls and no parents because the parents are at work. Mm -hmm. And that was my daughter's question. Well, why they don't, they don't, you know, they don't flirt with my friend. And I'm like, but your friend is the sister. Yeah. yeah. Flirt with the sister, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you can make that into advice. Like, look, you know, maybe I'm crazy here. You probably think I'm way overdoing it. Yeah. But at this point, I'm this crazy that no, if I find out that you've lied to me and their mother did, in fact, leave, then you'll be grounded for whatever. This is another reason to think about, you know, you may want to think, you know what, I don't want kids sleeping over here either. Well, if you have that, if you worked at having that option, then it also gives you the chance to say, look, why don't you just have her come over here? Uh, We can, you know, so it's worth working out rather than I would just like to punt on that. And my house never be the one that kids come over. The the funny part is that if you're moderately monitoring stuff, uh, as as we were talking earlier, you quickly become the less popular house um, (laughs) because and and by the way, you shouldn't freak out about that. That doesn't mean something's wrong with my kid. He's you know kind of a criminal because he actually likes going to the house with the less supervision. Uh, remember, teenagers, uh, la- less supervision feels like respect, no matter how it comes from, whether it's uh, neglect or whatever, it still feels like we're being treated more adults. So it's attractive mm-hmm. and it doesn't mean they must be planning some jewelry heist or otherwise they wouldn't <laughs> be wanting to go there. It's not that. Uh, but it is worth thinking about making your house at least uh, accessible 
and fun. And remember, fun for teenagers is not that you bring up a tray of snacks every hour. Uh, that's rarely what we're looking for. Uh, fun <laughs> is more. Here's some stuff down here if you all want to go do that. And I'll be in the next room or, you know, not visible, but right nearby. Something that, you know, is, again, the whole point with feeding the mouth is signaling things have changed. You're a young adult now. You're not mm -hmm. when you were in fifth grade. And and you can still do that while maintaining uh, some limits that, as Ashley mentioned, aren't always going to be popular. It's not like they're going to go, thanks, mom. That's great. But it is at least clear so that by some point, and this has happened more than I expected, after senior year and high, after the, they've graduated high school, then, you know, they don't have curfew, then you really are going to be talking about, uh, I don't know who that parent is, but you've graduated. So if you're spending the night, that's fine. Uh, that actually, once you get to the point of after high school, it's more of the, um, you don't seem to like to kind of let us know what you're doing. You're not telling us, I kind of think you're staying with your boyfriend and you know that that's really a problem for us. So mm -hmm. maybe this isn't the best place for you to spend your summer before you go off to college. That's a whole different thing. But, you know, it, 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 it needs to graduate in how you do your supervision. And if you're doing that, uh, as you've discovered, communication becomes much easier. You can really talk about, look, I'm, I, I said yes, and that's fine. Can I just tell you, I am sick over this. I just am worried, and here's why, and you probably think I'm crazy. And do that whole thing. I can tell you that's not uh, unimpactful. It's not nothing. It's, mm -hmm. it's very helpful to be able to communicate about your concerns without it always put in the context of, you're about to tell me I'm grounded, aren't you? You're about to restrict. No, no, no. I'm just telling you. So be clear in advance. Don't revert parent in reverse. Uh, but don't worry that, especially early adolescents, you don't have to change some of the basic requirements, even from when they were younger. You just put it in a different manner. So one thing that's popular for older teenagers in particular, especially around times when you have uh, prom or dances, that sort of thing, is these co-ed sleepovers. So one parent has all the kids to their house after the, the event and, you know, boys and girls are all welcome to sleep over. How do you feel about that? Dr. You know, I think that's a parental judgment call. I, I, um, I think there are situations um, that are very you know, there's a large group, you know, that group, um, you know, we had this with our youngest and it was a drama group and all this kind of stuff. And they stayed out, you know, here, but we did require that when they did, in fact, you know, go to their sleeping areas, that it was divided. Um, but I, you know, I think that can be your judgment call. One of the mm -hmm. concerns I have that you, you have to push against this, particularly for our Christian parents is that there is increasingly secular religion kind of enthusiasm for um, just because you're a boy and a girl doesn't mean that there's going to be something risky sexually. Well, that's just not humanly true. It's, it's not uh, like it used to be. The clear lines are not like before, but I think it's still reasonable um, to set those kind of limits because of you have guys and girls together, even though you may more and more get real kind of a woke pushback, if I can put it that way, that you're so out of touch. That's not what goes on. Yeah. Yeah, it does. I, I talk to the kids in, in confidence and yeah, it does. Uh, and so uh, I think you can use your judgment on that, but 
in general, a pattern of regular co-ed sleepovers is virtually never a good idea. So Dr. Ken, do you give teenagers any concessions for sleepovers? And I'm thinking like when they're little, you let them stay up later, you let them eat, you know, more sweets or treats or snacks. So as teenagers, like what kind of concessions should we give for our teens when they're sleeping over? Okay. That's a really good question. I think it fits under what you've probably already given your teenager, which is I need you to be in this place and quiet after X o'clock. And so you could certainly make that later. Um, but I'm thinking like screens, uh, you know, I think that's, uh, that's come up. I think it's, I would try to be pretty flex with that. It's, you know, like, um, since your friend, yeah, I've definitely had that since your friend is coming over, um, then you don't have to put your phone on the charger. You can do that. I think that's, it's reasonable. Again, you can talk about your concern about it, but, I don't think there's any reason to be a sleepover is fun. And by the way, it's also part of socialization. I mean, so <laughs> many of our kids are just not being together at all. So mm-hmm. it's a good thing for them to you you use that toothpaste. What? I mean, just to see other people's life is yeah. not a bad thing. So I think if you can, I would try to let, you know, unless there's a major concern about it, then I, I would feel free to make your own judgment about that. Uh, it is also true, and some parents will already think about this, that, yeah, but ba- don't bad things happen with, uh, l- you know, live cameras and 2 a.m.? Yeah, so you can make some, you know, adjustments for that if you want, but try to be uh, more flexible about it. Um, and, and oh, and by the way, if your kid and their friend is doing something that you need them not do it, do not talk out loud in front of your teenager and the kid, Hey, Hey, y'all take your teenager aside and very quietly say, look, I don't want to say anything, but you guys need to, or something that uh, shows respect for your teenager that I'm not going to be enforcing the rules. I need you to do that. Uh, And if your kid, if your friend, if your kid's friend pushes stuff, uh, then that's not something you need to, that's not your problem. You need to make that your teenager's problem. Like, yeah, you can have a sleepover, but remember last time your friend uh, went out in the backyard several times, even after you told him not to, um, you're going to have to deal with that. Cause if it happens again, then you're not going to be able to let him have come over here. It's, you know, your teenager hosts this thing and, and you really want to talk that up that look, um, I'm surprised that your friend doesn't have respect enough for you to uh, follow that thing. Cause it, it just puts, gets you in trouble. Do they not care about that? Uh, those kind of things. So um, I, I would try to be flexible on it, uh, but you know there may be some limits that you have to set. Well, I know we've discussed this question in previous episodes, but I wanted to put it here. So the question um, that a lot of parents are thinking is, what about uh, if my own child or the child, the, the kid that's coming over um, has expressed same gender, same yes. sex attraction, how does that change the sleepover aspect in our home? Yeah. So that would include uh, a kid that has declared themselves gay, bisexual, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And 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 as we've said before, it may surprise parents that I think you need to use your own judgment about that because there are more and more kids that have, quote, declared that, that, you know, I've worked with several of them that don't have even a friendship, much less are they at risk of actual sexual behavior. That's just a a kind of a t-shirt they're wearing now. So in some cases, I don't think in any case, it's a good idea to not talk about it, 
but I don't know that it means in in many cases the automatic nope nope you've already told me that she's gay so you can't have her over I, I don't know that you need to always do that um there are de uh, identity declarations that um that really don't necessarily mean any extra risk in those circumstances I think there's different judgments on that um mm -hmm. I would definitely if your teenager I would be careful with if your teenagers declare themselves bi or gay you don't want to use sleepovers as a control battle for, okay, well, if you keep going around being that, then you don't get to sleep over with it be, the, a control battle will never gain anything. It's definitely something to consider. What is the real risk of behavior here? Is it exactly the same as having a guy and a girl over? Uh, and if so, then you can be pretty straightforward about that. Like, you know, I know you've already, I think acted out on this. And so I don't think this is going to be okay. You can't do this. But like I say, don't be weirded out if there's numerous situations where that's not actually the case. Uh, mm -hmm. Sexuality statements are, are less reflective of internal kind of compulsive same-sex desire. It's not the same as it used to be. It's, it's very loosely um, identified naming of yourself that doesn't necessarily relate to something specific does it might be clear does that make sense yeah. yes and i think uh, it's very different than when most parents feel most parents feel like oh well if my child or this other kid has said that they're gay i don't i don't want to encourage that kind of behavior i don't know right. what they're going to do when you know when we go to bed um but you're you're saying you're gonna have to play that a little more by ear and, and know your your kid and know exactly this other right. kid and understand you know is there already something going on there or not right that's right I think that's wise so I think that's not what a lot of parents would think you would say, Dr. Ken. No, I know. Uh, it's the um, fearful parent that's like, you know, it's, God is still counting on me to make sure this kid <laughs> is safe. Yeah. Uh, but I think we've addressed that pretty much that, uh, mm -hmm. you know, um, actually uh, you you can't make sure they're safe. You're, you're It's all about training your teenager to think about this themselves and how are they going to use it. So, yeah. This has been a great episode, Dr. Ken. I'm excited about um, my kids sleeping out. No, I'm not. I'm not I was not yeah, you are lying. That ain't true. <laughs> he said, no, I'm not. No, I still don't love sleepovers. You almost made it. I still have issue with them. But I do think that some of these answers will help me the next time my kid asks, probably the next couple of days before the weekend comes, can someone sleep over? Uh, it's always a question in our house. My girls love to have sleepovers. So I appreciate you, Dr. Ken and Ashley, and your questions. Thanks. Have a great day. Thanks for joining us today. Hit the subscribe button so you won't miss an episode. Also, leave us a review. This is how other listeners find our podcast. Follow us on Instagram at Feeding the Mouth. We appreciate you and would love to hear from you. If you have any questions, thoughts, or ideas about what we've discussed today, please email us at podcast at feedingthemouth.com.